Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers. Thanks for joining me again for part two as we talk about self-acceptance. I hope part one was helpful. So first I wanna talk about uh, the development of self-acceptance, when it ideally should develop. Um, we come to know, first of all, who we are, hopefully in the love of our parents first. Then we begin to develop an internal world, our senses, our capacity to respond, our attitudes, our temperament, and um, we are internalizing what our parents and other caregivers are giving to us. When the affirmation we need is withheld, we can really suffer greatly and have deficits in our soul. Um, and even as adults, we may still see ourselves through the eyes of those who did not affirm us because we internalize that. So mother and father wounds here are critical, but especially father wounds, because um, at the peak of our adolescence, and adolescence is that life stage uh, that's called identity versus identity confusion. It just means I'm trying to answer the question, who am I, who am I? And the father here is very critical because as he's affirming us, we can take that masculine voice into our soul and begin to know who we are. Uh, missing it really leaves a wound in us. And we're not really capable of even developing a self and uh, self-acceptance until we start constructing a self in adolescence. Until we learn to develop, develop self-acceptance, we really are uh, pretty self-centered. So self-acceptance isn't denying that I have limitations and faults in broken places. Trobish in Love Yourself wrote, nobody is born with the ability to love himself. But as we look to him, bringing him our brokenness, reveling in his grace, we can begin to form a self in self-acceptance. We're not born with it, but the good news is he, by his grace, enables us to develop it. And it gives God a marvelous ability, a marvelous uh, opportunity to show off his power and his glory and his ability through our weaknesses. Jacques-Philippe wrote, that is real humility, to accept ourselves as we are, to love ourselves as we are. It takes humility and it attracts God's grace very powerfully. Humility always attracts God's grace. Uh, James 4.10 says, if we humble ourselves before the Lord, he will lift us up. Um, Sarah Colin wrote, self-acceptance is on the critical path to maturity. It's part of the critical path to maturity. Why is that? First, because without self-acceptance, we cannot truly practice God's presence and hear his voice. Secondly, self-acceptance is mission critical because we cannot offer a love to others that we have not appropriated for ourselves. Love your neighbor as yourself. When we accept ourselves, we increasingly understand we belong. We belong. We're competent. Uh, it's good to be who we are. Uh, we don't have to fit in. We don't have to strive. We just are, we just get to be. And there, there, there comes an increasing ease in that. We realize we don't have to conform either. 
In fact, we even have the courage to stand alone if we've developed good self-acceptance. Because why? It comes from within. It's our relationship with the Lord that he has set a foundation in. Robert Wicks, in Touching the Holy, calls this a spiritual battle. He wrote, It's nothing less than a psychological responsibility and a spiritual battle to accept the challenge to have greater sensitivity to the grandeur we have inherited. That's ourselves. And to recognize that self-respect is a unique form of grateful worship to a God who has singled us out to be a reflection of divinity. So I, he just says three important things here. First, he says it's a psychological responsibility. It's up to me to mature and develop by grace. Second, he says it's a spiritual battle, and it is. It's not easy. And the third thing is, he says, it's a form of grateful worship back to the one who created us. So um, if it's really foundational and uh, critical to our maturity, and we're not born with it, then what do we do to develop it? Well, we have to acquire it from God. Um, he's the Father who speaks into our immature places. He's the one who created us and knows just how we're to be. And once we acquire it from Him, then we keep developing it. And um, as we develop it, we realize it's all right to be imperfect. I can be imperfect. I'm, I'm, what I'm needing is to receive his love and his covering. So we accept his acceptance, if you will. Martin Luther often struggled with this because he had such lack of nurture in his childhood. He often struggled with it. So on his desk, he had written in large print this, I have been baptized. And what I believe he meant by that was, I've been taken in by Christ. I've been plunged under the water. My old self is dead. And when I was raised up, he lives in me and I am made new. And so he had that on his desk to remind himself who he was when he began uh, going into a cycle, a downward cycle of self-criticism. 1 John 4, 19 says we love, including loving ourselves. We love because he first loved us. So I'm gonna mention now three things that'll get us on our way to self-acceptance. First, I believe we have to make some confessions to the Lord. Uh, repentance is always a good beginning. We need to confess our pride. Um, even in self-hatred, there's pride. You know, I wasn't good enough. I had this idealized image. Uh, and so it contains a lot of pride to it. Uh, we'd really like to be good enough on our own, uh, but we're not. We're not. It's only because of the righteousness of God. And to receive his righteousness, we have to humble ourselves. So uh, in self-hatred, it's really pride masquerading as humility. I don't measure up, but it is not humility. So we renounce, we confess our pride, we renounce our self-hatred, and now that opens the door for the, for the Lord to come in and heal some of these wounds that have been feeding some of this self-hatred. Often we want instant breakthrough, right? But um, this is something that takes a long time to develop. We break through the barrier, 
and then we have to continue in it. So, Lord, I confess my pride to you. I look to you with humility, and I renounce my self-hatred, and I renounce my diseased self-image. It's like we've been in idolatry to this image, and so I renounce that diseased image that I've been in idolatry. We can also confess to the Lord our immature patterns of looking to others for permission to be who we are, to the immature ways that we relate. Um, and we confess that to the Lord, ask him to help us grow in it. We admit that our feelings and our thoughts about ourselves have been full of shame and rejection and inferiority and any of the other things that we recognize. We just simply lay those out and we confess those to the Lord so we, so we might receive his healing. We come to the cross, we bring those things to the Lord and he takes them up into himself. For this he died and for this he suffered to take into himself our shame and our rejection and our places of self-debilitating self-hatred. And then we often forget to do this. We need to stop. Once confessed, we need to stop and receive his forgiveness. Thank you. You take these things up and in exchange, you forgive me. And that includes, I forgive myself. I hear people say, I know God forgives me. I can't forgive myself. Well, something's missing in that. If you know God forgives you, take it all the way in and forgive yourself. That's part of it. All right, so that's the first thing is a confession of pride and of these thoughts and attitudes and our disease, self-image. The second thing is, uh, this is a part of our healing, is developing listening prayer. So we're so used to these old voices and these old tapes playing, they're just like second skin to us. And after we confess our pride, our fears, our negative thoughts, uh, all these patterns, well, we write them out before the Lord and we stop and listen. Lord, what are you saying to me? We have to lay out all these disease attitudes about our inferiority and um, lack of competency and I don't feel like I belong, I'm awkward. We have to just name all those and lay them out. I, I think it's excellent to write them out. You need to get them out of your head, onto paper, and before the Lord. He loves when we do this. David, we have the Psalms that show us that David did this often. We lay them out before the Lord and then we listen to hear what he's saying to us. We are healed by this. When we exchange the old lies for the new truth, when we uh, give up our diseased thoughts for new ones, we begin to be healed and we learn to receive from him his encouraging words. And we just keep journaling in this way and we find that, that the negative begins to dissipate because literally we're changing our thoughts and we're changing the groove structures in our brain. And we can just say, Lord, help me to walk in self-acceptance. Help me to receive your love. Help me to receive your word about me instead of living in this. And at first, sometimes it just feels, this. can this be true? Is this true? You know, I've lived in this other so long. Can I give it up? 
and exchange it for this? And yes, we can, but this is where we enact some faith, sometimes radical faith. This is what's true. This is not true because God said, and so because this is true, this is what I'm gonna take up. David Siemens wrote, no, I will not listen to those lies from the past any longer. I will not listen to Satan the liar, the confuser, the blinder, who twists and distorts. I'm gonna listen to God's opinion of me and let him reprogram me until his loving estimate of me, I love that, his loving estimate of me becomes a part of my life right down to my innermost feelings. So how I practically apply this that's helped me is when I find that downward spiral I've gotten into self-criticism and self-abnegation, I will say out loud, I'm going back, going back to the Lord and going back to the truth. But what that stands for, uh, for me, it's an acronym, B-A-C-K. I'm beloved, I'm accepted, I am chosen, and I am known, B-A-C-K. And you can adopt that if you'd like. I'm going back to knowing I'm beloved and accepted and chosen and known. And that's the truth, no matter how badly I may have just messed up. Okay, the third point is getting us on our way to self-acceptance. We have to agree to be who we are. We have disagreed, we have disconsented. That's not really a word. But now I consent and I agree to be who I am, the age I am, to look like I am, to have even the history I've had, uh, the limitations, the gifts, and so on. Everything about me and my history, I choose to be who I am right now, as I am, trusting he, according to Romans 8, is working things out for his good and my good. So as I choose to accept myself, I'm really saying welcome to my body, my mind, my gifts, my gender, and I'm learning to live in dignity and be kind to myself. We can ask him to strengthen our core to be able to receive these things. He dwells in us and he gives us the ability to receive his love and his tender care. Now, this isn't a one-time prayer. So in the future, we need to attend to this often. Uh, we step into self-acceptance over and over and this takes a choice again and again of our will. Be patient with yourself. It takes time and effort to rewire those old patterns. Keep journaling with honesty and keep listening to the Father. Thanks for listening. Join me next time.